You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jay Bird Watching. I am joined with my wonderful co-hosts, Ken Alfred and Jason Lyons. Fellas, how are we doing this evening? Ken? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing great. Doing great. Beautiful sunny day here in, in Vancouver. And, uh, you know, there's lots of baseball talk for there. Not that there's no other baseball know, going right? on. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's really fun. And, um, you know, it's good to see that that um, even though the, the weather's turning and, and, you know, the the World Series is done, that we're we're moving on to some 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 very interesting ball talk. Yes. And to that point is very interesting where everything is going so far there's people that are possibly on the trade market that nobody in their right mind would have ever thought there's the Shohei tanis of the world and then there's uh, some other ones that we're going to get to later in the show hit hit <laughs> so but fellas um we actually have some blue jays news hot right out of the gate here all right and let's hear it. i can't say it's a free agent signing but it might as well be because more or less boys we stole dan shulman from the big brother that is ESPN to be the Blue Jays full-time announcer. And I assume a lot of this is for the fact that it's a personal choice on his part, but there is some question about what Buck Martinez is going to be doing with his health and everything going into this season. There was a rumor at the end of the year it might have been his last season in the booth. I am infinitely happy having Dan Shulman rock the booth for the Toronto Blue Jays for the entire year. Ken, you had a... Go for it. You had to mention while we were pre-gaming in our yeah. Like chat. I remember Dan Shulman actually. I remember him on TSN, and he was like the main voice of Blue Jays baseball when I was, uh, I guess, in that uh, other run that we had here. But I did when he left. I was like, it just it just felt weird. I'll be honest. So to have him come back and be the voice, and oh, it's going to bring back a lot of uh, fun memories for me. Yeah, it's a full time gig for him now instead of just being. I think he did probably about two thirds of the games last year. So 
it, it'll be nice to see him throughout the tenure as now what is the Blue Jays, you know, main voice on the uh, TV. And to that point, because they were doing the weird stuff during COVID, he was even the ha- halftime radio, uh, radio voice for a bit there. So, but I think he's point, phenomenal. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, as, as a guy who, who did some radio and a guy who really like, you know, when, when a car, when I'm watching a Disney cartoon or something, I was like, oh, hey, isn't that, you know, the dude from Seinfeld's voice? Like, I mean, I, I'm very good at it. And for me, you know, there's certain people that when I hear their voice, I associate them dead on with that, with that product. Shulman is one of those guys. Like, as soon as I hear his voice, I think baseball, I think Blue Jays baseball, you know, Buck has been able to sort of parlay himself into a real, you know, I, which, and which is fun, I, I, you know, phenomenal. I, I really like Buck Martinez. I got nothing but time for the guy. I think he knows the game in and out. So when the, when Shulman said he was going to be doing this, I was excited because, you know, not unlike any sports team, when they get that, that sort of voice that sticks, I feel like the broadcast comes up all the way around and it allows for a, a much more enjoyable cast. You know what you're going to get, you know, day in and day out. And Shulman's a, a, a real pro. Now, do we have I the th- details on the agreement there, Craig, in terms of how long he's going to be doing it for? Like, I didn't, didn't really say that or anything. I think that's one of those things is they do it as long as they want to do it kind of thing, especially somebody like him that does what, you know, it's so well. He does do what you're supposed to do as the announcer. Even if you weren't watching the game, you could paint the, he paints the picture for you. You know, you, you hear everything, you see everything just from him dictating it and talking it to you. Um, to that point, I do love the comment that he had when he accept, you know, was talking to reporters and whatnot about this. He goes, I want to, what I want to win one with Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> so, yep. yep. I think that seals the deal right there for most Blue Jays fans. So, Calling a game for the Blue Jays on the uh, Canadian TV there is going to be what he wants. I also like that uh, Sportsnet was given the right to 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 do the the World Series the whole way through this year uh, to have their own crew there and to have them doing that's a that's a massive step for Sportsnet. And that I don't I don't know if you guys know this or not, but down south, Sportsnet is being regarded as sort of becoming an industry leader right now. Um, Jays really? in thirty is something they do not have anywhere. And everyone I know that's seen it is just like, what is this? This is the greatest thing ever invented. Yeah. How is everyone not doing this? And it's the truth. I mean, yeah. it, it is a phenomenal idea. You know, uh, um, the the team that Sportsnet has is very strong. I know a lot of people down south that will pick up a Jays game, you know, after they watch a game or in between they jump on. And they're, they're always like, wow, the reporting is so good. It's so clean. It's so knowledgeable. And it, I find like when I watch a, we get a lot of Braves games and Dodgers games and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's educated, um, um, reporting, like the, 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 the guys and girls they have on the teams are, are sound baseball minds. I, I feel like it lacks a little passion that, that, the the Jays broadcast seem to have, like, I mean, you know, I don't like to speak positively of the Yankees, but no, well, I will. I live here. Yeah. <laughs> Their broadcasts are similar. They're they're really passionate. Like they really feel they make you feel like there is were... a different level being a guy that gets stuck watching yes way too much. Right here. I mean, yeah. and, and by and, yes, the for the casual Blue Jay fan that is just a despiser of the Yankees and all things Yankees, the Yes Network is the Yankees Electronic Sports Network. And to that point, the you get nothing but Yankees all day, 247. Yep. 365. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, I love that one with Big Poppy going, uh, Yankees lose. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. So, but to that point, um, 
I can't stand listening to Michael. I really literally can't. Maybe it's uh, because I, I've been trying to break into this business to the point where I have a certain level of respect. That I at least like to try pronouncing people's names properly. Love you. Love you. He, I don't know what he does, but I've been in minor league ballparks and in the minor league stadiums, they hand you, here's the phonetic pronunciation of said people's names. How do you miss it? You know, it's, all you have to do is grab the right note paper in front of you. And he, he was butchering Ryan Goins, name for, in like three seasons, it's like go it. Yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Like, yeah, I, I'm very happy the sport is now like the leader in that because you know I think we were talking about before. Like, I've seen some of those. Uh, I guess the MLBs or the whatever on YouTube, just those recap, just to uh, see the highlights of the shows. But it's like what five minutes, seven minutes. So yeah, you might get some of the big things. But I guess I like to see like a, a whole game or at least very good condensed game where you get a, a feel of all around. So it's not just the highlights. You might hear some commentary or some stats that you didn't even think about before. So mm-hmm. I love that 30 and 30. I mean, I hope, I, I think they should do it for all sports if they get, if they can. Right. So not just baseball, but uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see do that a lot. Yeah. Too, I don't know so. if they do a Leafs in 30, but they do a Canucks. I think it's like a 30. 10 or t- a 10 something. I think like I don't 10 know, minutes they something. have a Canucks in 30 out here. And again, I think it's just like you were saying, Ken, like it, it gives you just more than the highlight package and it gives you the nuance of the game. So you start like if there was a big hit that caused a fight that caused a something, you have to see that part of it. And it's the same with with Jason 30. I find that there's so much lost when you, you know, especially out here, because if you're watching, you know, like local news or anything like that, we get squat for baseball. Like, I mean, you know, the news anchor could get hit in the face by Vladdy, you know, Jr. with a bat and it would barely make the news. It'd be like yeah. some guy with dreadlocks hit, the oh. bat. you know, like they don't, it, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have any cachet out here. But, yeah. you know, when you, when you get people watching Jason 30, and I know it's a really strong property for, for Sportsnet, um, you know, you really, you can really start to change the sponsorship dollars. You can start to, I mean, that's, that's a 30 minute punch. And if you're getting people advertising, it's more money for the first sports net. It's more opportunity for, you know, to get away from, uh, you know, the, the night nationwides and, and maybe get some smaller advertising in there. And I mean, that's what pushes the rock forward. I mean, you know, ticket sales don't do squat. Jersey sales don't do squat. It's all television and it's all advertising, you know, and, and that uh, great for sports net because I feel like they need it. I feel like they, they, you know, we lost, uh, you know, Dan O'Toole and Jay Onright to Fox Sports, and that was a large fail uh, yeah, for Fox much. Sports. And nobody, nobody got them. And then, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they come back, and they're doing really, really well. And, and TSN, and its wisdom, decided that Dan wasn't, you know, to be on the, the anchor desk anymore. And I worked with Dan for a couple of years in Fort McMurray at Kix 98. Big shout out, Kix 98. Um, <laughs> But Dan was a great guy, and I always loved Dan on Dan and Jay. I mean, that's some of some of the funniest television I've ever seen is is the Vobrovsky and the just doing the top tens and everything. It was hilarious. So, yeah. I mean, Jay is not the same without him. So it's nice to see Sportsnet stepping up and making sure a team stays together that's successful and we like listening to. Well, and that and the other fact, it's like okay, great. Let's say Buck doesn't come back. Jamie Campbell and Shulman together are great. Yep, Siddle and Shulman. Yep. Great. Honestly, and you know I would love good? to just have um, Siddle and Shulman in the joke or in there, and I'd be happy or all hell. You know, it's what's his name who um, who played for the Jays that was did the World Series stuff this year. He was quite good too. Why can't I think of his name? I'm totally blanking on it. Was it um, Caleb Joseph? Was I no second baseman? Um, he's, he's got a like a, a mohawk. Um, oh, was God. it um Homer Bush? No, 
Uh, he was one of those guys too. But I had to look it up. But anyway, if it comes to you, just shout it out. It's not yeah. Ryan. It's <laughs> so, not Ryan Gones. It's um, <laughs> he was. He was in that. It'll oh, come to me. Was it Devo Travis? Yes. <laughs> I love Devin Travis in those years, but man, I if anybody had a bad block streak, holy crap, man. That guy, he he was when he was on the field, he was one of the best second basements in baseball. But he was hurt 90% of the time. It just didn't pr- translate for him because no. everybody forgets he was on that 2015 team because we ended up having to replace him near the end of the year. And but he's good. Right he was good on the broadcast, and I feel like Locking up Shulman allows the Sportsnet crew to be able to start to take a look at at new options and, you know. Bring in um, Ricky Rowe, man. I liked listening to Ricky just, Rowe on the pregame show this yeah, year. That was fun. Yeah, me too. Hmm. So, so who's in the booth then, guys? So Shulman and who's the second person? It'll be Buck. It's Buck unless he decides not to, right? Yeah. And I mean, that, he was doing mostly just home games last year, correct? Yeah, well, I think he, I mean, I don't. Well, he I obviously know, had the cancer, which he's apparently healed and better with. But Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he, he actually, even pre and post the cancer, he did some of the broadcasts from home. Um, he did. The, uh, All the whoever was doing tools. the color, yeah, was doing, was doing it live in studio. And so it, it was, um, you know, but I know that he did the last part there. And, you know, it's up to him and his health and all the rest of it. I hope he doesn't, you know, fingers crossed he doesn't. Um, even if he does, may, you know, maybe maybe just big games or bigger games, he's there. Or just home um, games or something. Yeah. A couple days a week. Yeah. yeah. Buck Martinez night. Yeah. He's like all day, all day, every day, Thursday night or Tuesday nights or something. Got to have a bobblehead. Flashback Friday night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can wear the uniforms of when he was the coach. <laughs> How did he perform as a coach, actually, when he was with the Jays? I see Jason shaking his head, yeah, so I assume it's not, not so great. good. <laughs> great guy, no. good catcher, not a good coach. Not a yeah. good coach. Great announcer, though. <laughs> oh, great announcer. There we good go. Good mustache. Very good mustache. Love so, the mustache. So anyway, boys, I want to move on as obviously we congratulate Dan Schulman on making an awesome move, and we love to have him in Blue Jays land and Jays Nation with us. So let's talk. It's that time of year for the Rule 5 draft, fellas. So for the casual Blue Jay fan that does not know the situation <laughs> with their Rule 5 draft, the Rule 5 draft is simple in concept. It is to protect players that are possibly on too good of teams to break into the majors. So they're being blocked at a position because they have somebody like Mike Trout in front of them or because you're a really good first baseman and you got Vlad Jr. in front of you, for example. The whole point of this is you are only allowed to have so many people protected in your Meyer league system through this draft, then they have to be on your 40 man roster. So guys that would eventually report to spring training, this comes spring. Um, the blue Jays over the last few days have done a little cleaning house and watched a few of the guys that would have been eligible for this taking is what it turns into. And Casey Lawrence and a few others that have claimed free agency rather than trying to stay in the blue Jays, Meyer league system. That is their right. That is what they get as players for being in the minor leagues and dancing on the line of majors and minors for X many years. If you are not protected by your team, however, let's say you're one of the guys that's teetering on the edge of that 40-man roster and you've been in the minor leagues for, I think, four or five seasons. What it turns into is this Rule 5 draft is based on your placing the season prior. So the worst team in the league gets the best pick. And they just rifle through a draft. If you decide to loop one of these guys that's eligible for the Rule 5 draft off of somebody else's team, guess what? He is now yours to keep 
But if you want to keep him on your new team, you have to have them on your roster for the whole season in the majors, not just on the 40-man roster. So that's one of your 26 players going into next spring into the regular season. So I I, I personally think it's an incredible rule. I mean, it is it is a bit funky and it does throw. But just from from knowing a few guys who probably would have possibly had a sniff at playing in the majors and never, ever could because just what you said, there were guys in front of them and they were never, ever, ever going to get there unless they got traded and the organization thinks you're a stud and they want to hang on to you. They don't, you know, they don't see value or the other teams aren't getting to see you. They don't see value, whatever the case may be. But it is a, it's a cool way to get, to give somebody a chance. There's always somebody in spring training that gets hurt or you have an area your possession depth going into spring training that you think might be weak that you could offset with grabbing a catcher that is like the third string fourth string guy maybe on some other team or just to be this guy this is where you build your team from maybe if you're one of the teams that's on the lower end one of the most yeah (laughs) one of the most famous blue jays of all time and our first mvp in the toronto blue jay system was one of the earliest toronto blue jays roll five picks George Bell. Really? Correct. Wow, interesting. <laughs> so, wow. And just to be this guy, in the most recent, so before, it would have been before 2019 or the year of 2019, Jordan Romano was part of this Rule 5 draft. He was not protected by the Toronto Blue Jays. He was drafted by the Texas Rangers during this Rule 5 draft. He was in spring training with the Texas Rangers all spring as a starting pitcher, and they said this guy will never play in major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> so in that what situation, exactly, <laughs> what do they know? So in that situation where the club does not hold on to them, the team that lost the player has first dibs to get them back. The Blue Jays bring him back as him a now. reliever, and the rest is history. Yeah. So. He's like That's our how, go-to reliever, right? So I, I he's the imagine. man. He's yeah. one of the best closers in baseball right now. So, and mm. we saw how much we're seeing uh, closers get now in baseball. So, I have a strange feeling he's going to do for a payday if he has another good season here. And uh, but to that point, he's also uh, arbitration eligible. I think for the first time come this coming off season, not the one we're currently in. So that is the landscape for the Toronto Blue Jays going forward. And seeing I'm kind of the Meyer League nerd, I might be doing all the talking here, but just to be this guy. (laughs) Take it away. Take it away, um, Craig, on that. There are... I sent you guys an article before the show. I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not, but there's a bunch of guys that really... On most teams, would probably get protected. The Blue Jays have this wonderful embarrassment of riches on their 40-man roster. Because they got guys even like Nate Pearson that are on their 40-man roster. Yeah. You know, you're not going to just let Nate Pearson go out on the free agent wire, even though they never make him available for this draft. So they got a lot of guys like that that are just taking up 40-man roster spots. Right now, as of the start of today, before some of the moves that they did make, or just the minor league guys decided to leave, they had 39 of their 49, or 39 of their 40 roster spots filled on that 40-man roster. Problem is you have to have room on that 40-man roster for these people. And there's four guys that are probably clear-cut players that should 
should be protected by this draft. One of them is this young flamethrower that, honestly, he makes this list. He's going to get a good look in spring training and could be on the Blue Jays to start spring in this, this season. And as Yazver Zulwet. <laughs> so, yeah. I, my friend Jason Lee taught me how to say it. There you go. <laughs> so, but anyway, Zulueta is a great reliever, and he's had a great tenure with the Blue Jays' Meyer League system. They drafted him, though, though. He's a young guy. He was, a, I believe, 17 when he joined the Blue Jays' Meyer League system, and he's 22-ish right now, 23. So if he was exposed, he is a young, talented arm that everybody wants in their Meyer League system. He would get swept up in two seconds. You don't get guys at that age in these Rule 5 drafts. Usually it's guys in their 26, 27, 28 seasons. So just saying. Yeah, there's a few. After you sent that, I took a look, you know, not just at the Jays, but a few other teams. And there are, like, if you, like you said, you got to be a bit of a baseball nerd. And I feel like, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't a bit. Um, but I mean, you know, there's a few te- uh, teams out there that are just, I mean, embarrassed, like embarrassing riches. And, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, who moves, who doesn't. Uh, I know mm-hmm. the Dodgers have a few or the, the uh, Padres have a few. Um, there's even teams like Arizona, apparently, that have a, a bunch of guys in the can. Um, no yeah. idea why, you know, if you're, if you're Arizona, you should be bringing them up, I yeah. guess. And that's, but, what that, that's part of this equation, too, Jason. They force yeah. that hand to get those guys to the major leagues a little bit. So they get a chance to actually, you know, play with a big club. Yeah. Um, the other two, three gentlemen, one of these is an, um, a no-brainer, I think, and that's Aralvis Martinez. He just broke the single-season home run record for the AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats this past season. How many did he hit? He hit like looks like thirty. It looks like thirty something. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, and by the way, I the the name that comes to this was the re- previous record holder was Kevin Biggio. Oh, really? <laughs> Kevin and Biggio hit like thirty home runs in the minors. He was the league MVP over Bichette and Vlad Jr. the year they were in the minor leagues all together in New Hampshire. What's going on with Biggio, man? Jeez. <laughs> it hasn't clicked yet, health wise. I I honestly think at some point. I don't know if it will be with the Blue Jays, but he's going to find a home in the majors somehow. But to that point, so Ravis Martinez is snipping at the heels of guys like Biggio, Whit Merrifield, Espinal. He's got that talent to be in that conversation in the corners of our diamond or up the middle. So there's that guy. And then they have this other guy named Allison, Addison Barger that has just been mashing pitching. And he's got a very great swing. And it's, I think I remember he reading at one point, he actually basically was, you know, infatuated with watching Tony Gwynn hit and Ichiro Suzuki. Oh, wow. So those are two of the best hitters in Major League Baseball yeah. history. No big deal. You know? I still <laughs> I still love watching Tony Gwynn hit. Any chance I get to watch Tony Gwynn hit. I mean, and Griff and yeah. Ichiro. Griffey, I think Griffey Jr. Like if we're going to go off on a tangent here, Griffey Jr. <laughs> I mean, that's a swing. All Griffey anyway. Jr. swings all side, you know, because <laughs> that's the point. That is the bottle right there for a Major League Baseball swing is Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. So Julio Franco, that's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, yes. You got a swing back, like, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like tipping towards me. <laughs> no. I, I honestly think the only one that tops him is a former Blue Jay and Tony Batista. Because he was he in that like, kind of like weird thing, like t- up like this, but he was facing yeah. the pitcher. It was just <laughs> like this, yeah. full chest, right, the pitcher. 
So, but to- it's amazing if you guys ever, if you guys ever get a chance, there's a video on YouTube that takes like, and I, I wish I could give credit to the person who did it. I'll find it next week and I'll give credit to it. But this guy go. shows like 50 of the best swings in baseball history and Would how be every single one of them, it might, it might be. Um, it shows how every single one, one of them starts out in the, a different way. And some of them so ridiculous. Uh, didn't Gary Sheffield have a really ridiculous? Oh, like, yeah, it's like, well, like, like this the whole movie. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, to that point, it shows the second before they load, every one of them is picture the same. Exactly. Oh you can God. move the heights on guys. and But every single one of them, as soon as they lock, they stop moving. Their hands go and they all are in the exact same position. And it's it's such a, there's very few sports, I think. Like, I mean, golf is similar where if you analyze the top 30 guys' swings, they're all going to be similar. Everyone's got a little bit of different takeaway. And even some guys aren't keeping the same impact and follow through now. But if you want to hit home runs or hit the ball consistently, this is how you had to look. Yeah. And you still do. I mean, nothing's changed in, in that where, you know, I think that golf, clubs have made a big effect on that i mean a, a wood bat is a wood bat you can't do much to it anymore it's not going to make the ball hit any farther um yeah. so it's all got to load and getting all yeah. that weight back and then momentum forward yeah right? it's amazing so but there's one more guy that is probably on the right side of this argument and it's another martinez it's not it's not gabriel Moreno. it's it's gabriel martinez <laughs> so okay. those four guys are probably they're going to have to make room for because other teams will just, like I said, skim them right off the top from us. But the problem is there's about three more guys <laughs> past that. that and I'd say other teams would have probably gotten locked up in that. Spencer Horowitz, who was the first baseman, not a lot of glove, but tons of bat, power, hits line drives, good stuff. Brandon Iser, same kind of thing. And then a- Adrian Hernandez, they're, they're just, talented young ball players and uh, like i said on a lot of other teams they probably would make it then we even have a former first round draft pick of the blue jays that struggled in the minor leagues and adam cloffenstein he's been on when i was still writing for jaysjournal.com our official affiliate of uh jaybird watching here he was on the top prospect list for like every season so There's a lot of talent in the Blue Jays system that I don't think people really still realize after doing all the trades and whatnot that we've done over the last few years. So I think it would be interesting, you know, and this would be something that I think would benefit not only the Jays, but Jays fans and other people is I almost feel like the Jays need to do more of a prospect update. Like I know that in some cases they'll mention, you know, one pitcher, one guy that's rehabbing his way back in or something like that. But it would be interesting at like three different, you know, beachhead points to say hey here's the top three hitters for the jays here's the top three infielders here's here's the top outfielder here's you know here's our pitching prospects just you know like it's something that never gets talked about and i understand it i understand that if i'm very brief it's spring training usually but that's about it but if i'm if i'm the second baseman and and i'm you know, I'm not a deadlocked MLB or I certainly don't want the general public talking about the people that are behind me, but you know, to be a fan and to be informed, I think it would be to cool, you know, cool to have that kind of information. I mean, I know the internet is there and you can go dig in, but you know, I kind of like the being thrown in and during the game where it's like, Hey, do you guys know that we have, you know, two of the top prospects at third base in, in the game? Here they are. Let's, 
let's show a little highlight. We have the, you know, now that Rattle and Rushman and uh, those guys have moved up, we have the top prospect still technically in Gabriel Moreno yep. catching. Yep. So they say that other guys ahead of him. Now I was just watching that the other night, like the ranking, they just keep doing this. So, but I mean, Gabby looks like a, the real deal. Oh, Mano. And to that point, that's an embarrassment of riches. The Blue Jays get to trade out this year, which the rumor is they're going to do. <laughs> so, um, what's it, the rumor again? Sorry, say it again, Craig. Who was the, the rumor? The, there's three catchers for the Blue Jays right now. Yeah, one of one of them will be gone that this off season. So you that's might good. be losing your Maple Beef. You might no. be losing Chano <laughs> or oh Gabriel Moreno being the other one. My guess is Moreno and Kirk are probably the ones that stay. Right now, if you look at it from a franchise aspect, Danny Jansen is probably the most marketable as he ended up having a crazy amount of home runs. His batting average was trending in the right way, and he can handle young pitchers, where Kirk is still developing that part of his game. We all know he can hit. Yeah. 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 You've got a more ready-made catcher for a team that's competing and looking for a catcher with Jan. Yeah, and I think that Jano's got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of cachet. Um, if you shop Jano, uh, I mean, Kirk, you know, obviously he made the all-star team this year and he's got, he's got that, but I still think that if a team's going out, they would prefer to take a more, you know, no, no offense to, to Kirk, but a more atypical looking catcher, um, yeah. you know, where, where is where that you want a bit of size <laughs> and you want a good arm and you want those other things. So when you do make that trade or when you do go get them, the fan base is like, well, who the hell is this guy? You're like, well, yeah. it's, you know, it's Danny Jansen. He, came back from an injury and hit seven home runs in his personal loving at bats, you know, and, and they're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. We'll leave you yeah. alone for 20 minutes. So. And then to that point, Ken, I'll give you this tidbit to run with too. Gabriel Moreno is going to be the everyday catcher. If you hold on to him, Kirk, regardless of how good he is as a catcher, he's going to be a DH slash backup catcher. Really? Maybe. That's I was going to think. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I think, you know, Kirky's a, I, I like him a lot and for character and all the rest of it, but I mean, he's got limited shelf life. And um, I don't know. I, I don't. saw that guy hit freaking bombs down in the wilderness in West Virginia. Yeah. So I'm up. Wait, so how, how old is Kirk? How old is the Maple Beef right now? Is he, is he uh, 22 ish, 23, something like that, I think? Either way, he just, he's a weird one that's going to come off arbitration uh, a little sooner here than others, but 24 yeah. years young. Yeah. 24 you years go. young. Yeah, it's a good problem bless, to have, actually. That bless the at least have a lot of catchers. <laughs> I would, I, you beat me to it, Jason. I know. <laughs> but, but to that point, Ken, that's somebody the Blue Jays, you know, Danny's already, I think this is his first year of arbitration as far as his uh, guaranteed raise goes. Um, Kirk basically is in his last year of his rookie contract. So he's not even having that conversation until next year. So he's yeah. under team control way longer than Danny Jansen. And then Gabriel Moreno, obviously, even that much further. You're trying to, you, you have the ability to guarantee you have those two guys to your catching base for the next four years. Where if you decide to trade one of those two guys and not, and keep Jano, you're going to be throwing a brick of money at Danny Jansen at the same time you're trying to pay Bichette, Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's an well, interesting problem to have, actually. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It is. I didn't mean to nail you with that one. <laughs> no, because it's a problem. Yeah, so we're going to lose at least one of them this year, and then potentially next year we have what throw some more money at. Uh, we said Jansen needs. We need to give him more for that if you want to keep him. If he's going to continue on the trend that he's been doing since the last two years, he, he obviously he started his career as a Blue Jays defensive first catcher, but in the Meyer leagues, 
he was a 300 hitter in the last two, three years he was in the Meyer leagues. Mm -hmm. So we knew the hitting was going to happen. And a lot of people like myself included, I was like, he's going to be that best thing in Blue Jays baseball. And I'm sitting here going, when is the gas going to get pushed out? <laughs> you yeah. know, get this race yeah. car moving. And he showed glimmers of it. Two home runs in that postseason uh, game. Then he gets hurt. And then he would come out and do a wrecking of five home runs. Get hurt again. Get hurt. <laughs> so but so the durability of Jensen is the, is, the, is the issue, it sounds like, at this point. weird injuries. It's not like he's doing it to himself. <laughs> yeah, not like he's pulling the same muscle twice, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's you know, you know, Danny Jansen. It's 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 the tale of so many baseball players. Like, I mean, there are so many guys out here out there that just can't stay healthy for the life of them. And we mentioned you know, one a few minutes ago, Devin Travis. Yeah, I, I mean, Devo was a great player. Could he was Sammy Sallow? He could never, ever, ever stay healthy. And like you said, weird injuries. Like he'd be, you know tying up his shoe and he'd, he'd tear off his fingernail and he can't go. And that yeah. turns into an infection and that yeah. turns into finger surgery. And he's out for three months and you're like, what, what just happened there? Yeah. It, like it's, it reminded it me of the blue Jays perspective of Alex Rios. So you remember, I think it was, Oh God, Alex Rios was unbelievable. Yeah. Same thing. He, he got like a paper cut on the middle of his finger. He took a couple of days off. Then he got a staph infection. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is going on? Rule of threes. That's all yes. it is. Exactly. Just like how my bills lost the other day. Roll three. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, so we're, we're talking about the 40 man roster and how it's complicated. And there's a lot of room for improvement. I did just throw out about eight names that probably should be kept by the Blue Jays or at least contemplated. They have at least three, four guys that I can't say belong on our major league 40 man roster right now. Plus that one spot that I told you was open. Do we really need to hold on to a guy like Matt Gage? Yeah. <laughs> he did, did pretty good, but is he going to turn into anything great? I doubt it. There's guys like him on there. And, you know, then we got old school prospects turned relievers in Hagen Danner <laughs> and things like that. So there's some things that they protected from the last 40 man roster or last year's 40 man. So they're still on the team. Maybe the question is, are these guys better than those guys that we held on to last year? I'd say yes. So I think there's going to be a nice little shuffle up before Wednesday next week, I believe, is when they have to have the 40-man roster submitted to do this. That doesn't mean the 40-man roster can't change after that. It's just that's the date that these they pick the pool for that draft. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, taking a look at it, there's a few guys on there that are probably wouldn't come back, um, you know, or you uh, wouldn't miss. Yeah, or you wouldn't miss. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's interesting when some of these guys didn't, you know, didn't really appear all year, whether they be a pitcher or not, or whether they did in such a small, you know, a small serving that you didn't you didn't actually notice. It there. there was that, but, like Leo Jimenez actually played two games in the major leagues and. Who's Leo Jimenez? Ninety nine percent of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know him because I met him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And to I that point, it, good ball player, Leo. Jimenez. Yeah, I mean, they're all good ball players. Let's you know, let's not split hairs. You don't make a baseball team because you're crappy. Um, but I think what it it comes down to, especially, and I think we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, is you know, middle relief is such a, a, a tough thing for the Jays right now that. They really have to make sure that if they are going to put somebody on the roster, it's worthwhile. It's it's somebody who can and you know actionably give you innings and actionably get you outs, um, cause ground balls, cause what you need to have happen. Um, because the Jays are a good positioned team. 
They, they, they're positionally very sound. Like you can put two guys at each position on that 40 man roster and you're dialed, you're gold. Now you do have to worry about injuries. We, every team does. I find it's that pitching middle relief, even getting into some of the starters that'll have been a little bit hazy. Um, that's where you really got to make sure that you're, you're really dotting the laser on those guys. And, um, you know, if you're going to take a chance, I'd rather take a chance on a pitcher that could surprise you and give you six or seven wins or come in and, and gain you, you know, 30 innings in a year. I mean, that's huge. And so, you know, so you I think, called out a perfect sample of why Zilueta is very appealing coming into this yes, spring training yeah. because he's a guy that just destroyed the double A level. And he got that little, just a little bit of a preview in Buffalo last year. So, and, and not to not to jump ahead, but also why I think that uh, I think a guy like Andrew Haney is is also incredibly interesting for you know for the Jays to be looking at down the road. We have uh, another arm we're going to talk about before Haney. <laughs> and he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Ugly as the day is long, but oof, yeah. man. And to that point, somebody that's very following in the fact of another pitcher in Blue Jays' current you know fandom and Kevin Gosman, the guy yes. that was highly toted as a Miami Marlins young arm and kind of was like, Oh, wow. He didn't pan out. And he's been kind of passed around the last few years. He has figured something out and what, but we're going to get to that. <laughs> so anyways, there is outside of the 40 man roster. The blue Jays have been linked to be snipping around with the idea of a 102 mile per hour flamethrower from Japan. That is at the oh. age of 29. <laughs> so the nice thing about this gentleman being 29 the Blue Jays would not have to pay any of the weird Shohei Otani ridiculous posting taxes that they would have to pay for him to break contract with his Japanese baseball. So there's a nice perk there. But the biggest thing is the other teams that are kicking the tires on, I got to probably butcher it because I can't find the phonetic for it, anybody. but it's uh, Kode Senga. <laughs> and that's, I think that's really good. I try. Throwing up, throw up at the bottom so and then people can make their own call on whether they yes. thought you got it right or butchered it. it it's like yeah. you had that queued up. Craig, get on your game and get over. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Weird. <laughs> so is to that point, it is literally becoming an arms race because there is six or seven teams currently trying to suit Mr. Senga. 102 and miles an hour? Yes. But mind you, I will say there is a little bit of loss in translation there, and this is something that baseball fans have seen for years. Japanese baseballs are just a little bit smaller, and yes, there's some difference. So it's not the not the complete apples to apples. If you were going to ever put them on level, it's either they're like the same as AAA baseball or what we'll sometimes call quadruple baseball. They're really good but they're not major league baseball players. So they're somewhere in that AAA to just under the majors or major league players, right? Depending on how good they play in the Japanese baseball league. But So Mr. Baseball was a lie, that yeah. movie? 
Yeah. Tom Pretty Selleck. Much. It's Tom Selleck sucks at baseball. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the mustache. Don't worry. It's all about the mustache. <laughs> so, but, uh, um, but to that point, he was, he has been an elite arm in the Japanese league. So there's no reason that he wouldn't translate. And he's going to have plenty of suitors to line yeah. up and possibly throw a giant brick of money in his lap to come over and be a pitcher. The nice thing about some of these pitchers for the Japanese leagues that they do come over as well, and we're even seeing this with Shoya Atani, regardless of the fact that he's literally playing in all fields, he's, he's not as beaten up as my Major League Baseball players would be at that point in their career. They, they think they said in the article that I happen to be reading from Blue Jays Nation that he's thrown the max of 150 pitches, in, 150 innings in a season. Most major league starters are in that ballpark of 180 to 200 these days. Wow. So that's if you can stay on the field, obviously. Right. We're, we're, we're well behind the ideas of the what Mad Max, Max Scherzer, the Roy Hallidays, Greg Maddox's did with 220, 230 innings in a baseball season. It doesn't so, happen anymore. So how do we sign? So what is the process for signing like international talent? So this is just a curious curiosity question for me. Is, is it literally just just schmooze them, wine and dine them, and that's it? Like there's no there's no like official you know protocol where you know how how does that work there? With Senga, nothing. So a few years ago when Shoai Itani came over, though, you weren't just wine dining Shoai Itani. You were whining and dining his Japanese baseball league team as well. Because uh, you had to pay a fee to that team for taking their best player, which makes sense to me. You took so Senga. We don't have to do that. Like we could literally just we have to worry about his team. Like is he? He has filled his congr- contractual obli- to obligation say. to the team he is currently with. Yeah, I was just reading. He's he is what's considered to be technically unsigned right now. He he is. They don't consider him to be a free agent. He just doesn't have a, an, a contract extension passed right now. And they were saying they're going to make him available to a certain point. They're going to make him a, an offer. And he can say no. He can say yes. He or can, he can just do- say in Japan. He doesn't have a lot of time to make his decision once they do make him an offer, though. Once they do, I feel like I read that he's got like a sort of a two-week window to sort of pull the trigger on it or not. Um, so I figure that he'll probably be over here. I mean... These conversations probably started three months ago when we had no idea about it. Correct. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of friends that are major league GMs, although I'm working on it. Um, but that <laughs> being think. said, I feel like, you know, I feel like there's, I, I find the Japanese players to be so interesting because, you know, like Otani has been such a, a beast and there have been so many that have come over and complete flops. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's there was unfair. one of them literally that we used to call because he's a Yankee guy and he played here in town a lot for the Rochester Red Wings. Um, his name was Hideki Irabu. So it yep. was yeah. quickly turned into Irabu. Because yeah. he just walked away with $9 bajillion of the Yankees' money. And I mean, you know, Matsui was pretty good. Um, you know, there's been, the, you know, Ichiro was a, a beast. Ichiro but, was the rookie of the year and the MVP the year he started. Just so. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, but there's been a lot of guys where, I I was when it was when you brought this up, I went back and sort of just took a look at some of the like big names, like, you know, of these guys that were coming over and they were going to, you know, they had guys just throwing money at them. And some of them played one game, three games, eight games like it's incredible. Like it seems to be the 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 Japanese players. And I don't know if they just don't adjust to the game well, 
um it, you know it's i don't it's a it's, culture shock it's not just playing a game that too and you know like i feel like like if you're coming up from the dr or if you're coming from mexico or anything like that i mean the culture isn't that far off like you can still flip your tv on and see you know jimmy kimmel or you know that happens whereas if you're coming from japan i mean a lot of that culture part is just it's gone and Correct. you know the game is different the the respect level is different some guys can't hack it some guys can't go into a into a locker room and, and have the kind of stuff that's you know accepted in north america that isn't mm-hmm. accepted other places in the world um also i feel like you know kind of like you said like i mean they they don't run their horses like we run our horses and you know you get guys who are grinding and if 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 you make one slip up in the majors you've got a hundred guys that are coming at you and you know i i think that that when you're a superstar in japan you don't have to worry about that i mean you are vladdy you are mike trout you are that guy and in, and otani was fortunate enough to come over sort of land he was okay at the start and then it was just like boom he just yeah, like he took off like a rocket yeah and it, and it, for these guys uh, and especially a pitcher it, i mean if you're only making a start every what six days seven days eight days oh that's the other you, part that how do you make impact yeah, it, they get it's, they get six days in Japan, like yeah. between starts. They have a really? guaranteed off day basically between each start, wow. which is not, it, it's it's probably smart. It's it's probably how you have long. That's why they're not playing less innings. They're yeah. not. Yeah, that's part of it, and that's one of the reasons why they're not playing six seven games a week. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a I'm certainly a, if you could put a fence graphic up here, I would be on it um, for something like this. I mean, it's it's something that. Um, I went and took a look at his stats and I looked at some of the video before we went on and it's like, I can see it, but you know, what happens when guys start catching up to it? I mean, those are, those are vapor balls, you know? Um, so, so that's, he, doesn't, he also does have a cutter in his, uh, arsenal. Yes. He, uh, throws a slider and a curve and a fork ball, which is general of all Japanese players is uh-huh. usually they'll call it a splitter. I don't know why they went so specific to calling it a fork ball while a Jack Morris back in the like late nineties, but <laughs> so, but to that point, it, he might have the arsenal that translates like a U Darvish Shoyatani, you know, it, yep. there, there's something there to it that I'd be curious. And let me point this piece to it, gentlemen. This is one of those things that you literally could solve a problem with nothing but money. You don't have to worry about losing draft picks. You don't have to lo- worry about doing this. You have some guys that are Japanese in our dugout already. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe yeah. there's some things that could play in favor to it. But the one thing that I think is the ding against us on these other things, I don't know how far you read in the article. Did you see the other teams that are the main runners on this right the Dodgers now? Dodgers are on there. They're all Dodgers. West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Which, for commuting to Japan, makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> yeah. It's the Dodgers, Angels, which I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's like okay. I thought they were selling everybody. Why would they spend money on somebody like Senga? Um, the Rangers and the Seattle Mariners, the other ones that were mentioned in the first press release with the uh, possible suitors. So I'm reading one that's just from from actually from today from Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. Shout out Bleacher Report. Um, <laughs> they're saying that it's L.A. Uh, the Red Sox could be in the race. They're saying um, uh, now the Cubs are possibly the 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 leader. They've reached out and actually had discussions. And then okay. the next one on the list is the Jays. So I mean, it it's all over the map. And of course, I mean, you're always gonna. I think you're always gonna see a Japanese player, um, 
you know, if there is a if there is an area of the country that's pushing for them, it is the West Coast for sure. I mean, it's natural. Uh, But but what is what do you guys think the actual odds are that we actually nail nail them? And how much do you think we have to offer to really get them? Well, do you want them, though? That's the thing. Like, personally, right now. Like I said, with some of the th- guys that are on this free agent market, he fits into that elite category with those stats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be, so I'm happy to throw a brick of money on it. And then, like, if you, it's, if he ended up being the same amount of money as, like, some, let's just for the sake of argument, I'm not saying he's Justin Verlander. Let's took that much money between those two guys. Verlander, you're not losing just the money. You have to give up first round or second, two second round draft picks and all this other stuff because of the qualifying offer system in baseball. Mm. So it's actually technically cheaper to pay second. If you were comparing it purely on dollars. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. there's another complete issue in that fact because Justin Verlander is a baseball god at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to compare. Yes. Correct. Yes, it is. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's no harm, I guess. But what's the num- what's the number though? How much? What what is the size of the brick that we can actually <laughs> seriously land him? Like, are we talking ten, twenty, thirty? What is it? It wouldn't shock me if he gets somewhere in the twelve, fifteen for season. 16. If any of the Jays' uh, inner management or GM or anyone is listening, call into the show. Uh, we <laughs> yeah, put our phone numbers that. up. We just love to hear how much money you have to throw around. It'd be great. You know, we yeah. can start. We can do a ticker down on the bottom, and yes. as guys sign, we can take money away. Like a, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you're making me want to have so much more fun with this ticker. At the <laughs> yeah, like uh, we have no budget. <laughs> <laughs> salary tip. The salary ticker. The salary ticker. Yes. So, but to that point, like I said, that's that's a possible option for the Blue Jays. And now I want to finish the show with having a little bit more fun here. One of the big rumors that all of a sudden surfaced in Toronto Blue Jays Twitter world the other day was the fact that everybody started putting in the imaginary lines or possible lines. I'll give you a 50-50 at this point that all of a sudden, Ronald Lacuna might be actually on the market by the Atlanta Braves. I would assume a lot of this is to free up money. He has had a very up and down hurt couple of seasons. Maybe they're trying to capitalize on while they know he's actually, you know, a, a valued asset still. They Or maybe this is just a salary dump and they know they got Willie Harris, the reigning rookie of the year, to be the new everyday center fielder for the Atlanta Braves. Do you guys, obviously, first, I assume that both of you would love to have the talents of somebody like Ronald Acuna on the Toronto Blue Jays paired up with Vladdy and so on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's it's incredible. Like Acuna is, you know, he's 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 as generational as anybody you mentioned there. I mean, mm-hmm. he 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 is is an outstanding defensive outfielder first and foremost, which a lot of guys lack. Like, I mean, if you go look at some of these guys that are available, they lack one part. Well, they're not a five, you know, they're not a five tool guy. Acuna's a five tool guy. He seems to be great in the room. There's, the guys on the Braves love him. He, you know, he's 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 an unbelievable baseball player hammers the baseball i mean he has been hurt lately but he was a tank up to that point so you've got to hope that it was a one-off and done i mean you know all 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 of these are so interesting because i'd love to see acuna in a jays uniform but again where do the chess pieces move in that case so who do we move out who do we move in what you know who goes where you know uh, so to be complacent but this is where all the lines were going we can't keep putting him in dh and stuff right so that's the problem 
So this is where all the imaginary lines I was uh-huh. following into play here came up. So Blue Jays Twitter automatically goes, well, who, like you said, who do you give up? And somebody threw out there one of those wonderful little uh, pieces from I forget what website that compares players at the war level, right? Yeah. <laughs> somebody threw up Boba Shet, Rob Acuna. According to that website, it is a straight-up trade. Really? So you're trading a shortstop for an outfielder. But if you look at the two, not just the trade, from a way bird's eye view on what's available through the free agent market as well, there is generational young talent available on the shortstop free agent market this offseason. Oh, my God, it's disgusting. Don't <laughs> People at home, don't go look at the shortstops that are available. You will immediately sell your Bobachette drool. Oh, it's <laughs> unbelievable. So just to name it, and, you know, Jason, you know, you were all ready for your graphic, and I haven't seen it yet, but now your camera's actually been froze for about 10 minutes. <laughs> so, but I'm happy I still get to hear the pleasure of hearing your voice. So top of my list, I love Justin Turner. And what he could bring to a team like the Toronto Blue Jays. Then there's Carlos Correa. Do you mean Trey? Do you mean Trey Turner or Justin Turner? Trey. Did I say Justin? Yeah, you did. I say that's okay. Trey. Trey Turner. Turner. Love Trey Turner. Speedy speed for days. Love Trey Turner. Him and George Springer at the top of this lineup just ensures there's gonna be guys on base for Vlad to drive in. Kirk. Tay Oscar. However, the rest of the lineup ends up shaping shaping out. That just spells beauty. And to that point, I I try Marcus Semyon the shit out of that one way or the other right now. If this Dakota <laughs> thing isn't one way or the other, and to that point, we also heard a million years ago when uh, I think oh, it was for Francisco Lindor that Bo was happy to move over to second if you were getting somebody like Francisco Lindor. He's not going to move for anybody, but somebody the talent of that level, getting a Turner, that would work. A Correa, and I forget the third one. It's somebody oh. equally as nuts. Who? Oh, there's Dansby Swanson. There's, there's, there's <laughs> Xander Bogarts. There's, I mean, there's, there are shortstop, Carlos Correa. There are shortstops for weeks Correct. available and all of them outstanding. Like, and they're going to, that market's going to suck for all of them, I think, because yeah. of that exact reason. Everybody's going to be like, well, why should I give you that much money? I can walk over there and give that same amount of money to Justin Turner. <laughs> I mean, train turn. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, it's because I read about Justin Turner being a free agent too. So there's that. I think (laughs) for me, when you're looking at the, the shortstops, I mean, you know, if you look at the Acuna versus, versus Bo Bichette, that's an interesting one. They're both 24. I mean, it's, it's a, that's an interesting one. And then some of these other shortstops, if you look on the list, most of them are a little bit older, Um, but I do find if you can, I mean, if you can grab somebody and just grab them for a couple of years, I mean, none of these guys are looking for a couple of years, but. Um, is locked up. Yeah. Oh, is he? I thought oh, he was yeah. free. Oh, oh, cool. oh, that's just a trade then. He got that extension shit. Yeah, I think he's extension until 2027. Looks yeah. like. Oof, that's geez. solidifying your fan base with a giant monster guy that can be paired up when you just throw a brick of money at Vlad Jr. for years. Yeah. So, so if we actually did try to get him, we would have to pay him that much. We would lose Bo Bichette. Are we getting anything else? Are we giving up anything else to land? Honestly, I, it, I would assume it takes more than just Bo Bichette, knowing how yeah. bad the Plus some outfield draft picks, market. I guess. Draft picks are throwing a couple of minor league wild card guys or a prospect, right? But we would probably get some other prospect in that equation too. 
But right. to that point, it's going to take a talent like hit like Bo Bichette going back in that trade to be the centerpiece, or it's going to be like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and every top prospect we have. <laughs> you know, everyone's I mean? but, firstborn child. That's yeah, exactly. What it is. It'll take the kitchen sink. And I'm not just saying that because I read this on Twitter. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, guys, if you have a chance, you got to at least kick the tires on it. That's something our well, outfield has been a little messy to begin with. And do you want to have George Springer really playing center field? This could help that. There's a lot of pieces that once you really look at this, it actually makes a lot of sense. And for the Braves on the flip side, they're losing Dansby Swanson. And I, don't think they want to bring him back. I think they legit want to upgrade at the position. So they're going to either spend all that money on one of those free agents or go get somebody like Bo Bichette. I sure do like me some Dansby Swanson. I wouldn't have I, a problem with that one either. I got nothing, but, I got nothing but time for him and Trey <laughs> Turner. Honestly, like, I mean, two, two of the smoothest guys to ever play short, like just unbelievable. And for me, you know, like I'm a big room guy. I'm a big bench guy. I'm a big dugout guy. And both guys, like if you go read anything on them, they're like, you know, their teams just love them. Like I know the Braves are, if they move away from him, which it looks like they're going to, it's going to hurt them. You know, it's going to hurt them as a team as well as yeah. hurting them on the field. Um, I mean, you know, you can replace him with somebody who's five, six years younger. I don't know if you get a better bat. Like, I mean, he is so consistent. He hits the ball hard. Um, if I, just like you said, if I have a, a situation where I've got a guy who needs to drive in a run or needs to get on base, I mean, Swanson is, is top of the, my list in the, in the majors. And so is Trey Turner. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just amazing how, how talented both of those guys are, um, you know, but you, I think you do have some merit and I mean, Tay Oscar has had some defensive issues in the, in the outfield and, um, you know. I don't like you said. I don't love George Springer playing uh, you be, being relied on in center field as much as he is. Um, Acuna's got wheels for days. Um, you know he he catches everything that's hit at him, and when healthy, crushes the baseball. And you know he can post. He can he can post up at any point in your lineup. Like he can hit seventh. He can hit fifth. He can hit fourth. He can hit second. He can hit one. And he crushes the baseball and he has, again, he has no problem doing that. Where other guys, Manny Machado, stuff like that, where if you put him in a wrong spot in the roster. Says the guy where the Padres at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, Padres, it's Padres without Manny. Um, yeah. There we go. But the, the whole thing for me is that like those three guys all together, all of them would do that. But especially a guy like Acuna, he's always been team first, Acuna second, which for guys who make, you know, that kind of jack and hit those kind of home runs and have the big chains and pumping the chains and all of that stuff, he has been one of certainly the most level-headed and most team guys I've ever seen. Now, to that point, I don't know if you guys saw or not, and, you know, again, I don't want to go off on a rant, but did you guys see that Yasiel Puig is looking at five years in uh, prison in Korea? Um, I guess he's been playing ball there for the last two years. It's a good thing and, we spend all that money on him. Oh, wait, we, we, we dodged that bullet. Yeah, yeah. dodgered. We dodgered <laughs> that bullet. We died. Um, <laughs> anyways, I guess he, it was found out that he's been gambling almost his whole baseball career on baseball. And, oh, um, so he's he rosing it, man. Jeez. But he, he was doing it, it. He was doing it at a, a much higher level. Like I know that Pete was, um, you know, Pete was betting on baseball, not necessarily Reds games. 
Um, part of that was his team to win, and there's only so much helping yes. you could do on that. Right. <laughs> um, but this, if you go find the story, it's pretty interesting. He's in a lot of trouble. And, uh, you know, I always like Yassi. I always like guys that are sort of wild cards and, and out of control and, yeah. you know, guys like that. And You, you know, must have been a Brett Laurie fan. Always loved Brett Laurie. <laughs> loved him. Um, just guys like that. Mitch Williams, you know, when we weren't, you know, when the Jays, I liked him getting ventilated better, but um, John Rocker, you know, all those guys that just like, no, oh no, God. stop talking. Keep talking. Um, <laughs> You're making you know, a hell of a hit list there. I mean, like, I know, I know they're going to be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like the Deadpool, which, which jail, which guy's going to end up jail next? We can get Clint Eastwood on the show and see what he's got to say. Uh, this is yeah. where John Rocker comes in and goes, I've been listening to you all. You're yep. done. <laughs> that's what, actually, that's when scared. John Rocker appears <laughs> behind you. You're closer to where he would be. That door behind you opens and it's John Rocker. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I John think that, Rocker. you know, that there's, oh, there's, man. That would certainly be one of those trades that if the Jays did do it and it was Bichette in it with prospects or however, it would have to be successful. If it wouldn't, if it wasn't, it would be a catastrophic Correct. failure. Even though Bo, I feel like, has been very good, he could be very great. Yes. We haven't seen a full year of Bo at very great. It's in there. Um, if maybe something like this. Like if I'm Bo Bichette and I see that, I mean, I know you try not to let the media bother you if you're a professional athlete. But if I mm -hmm. see that, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna show those guys that that a, a guy sure. in the out, a guy in the outfield isn't as important as a guy in here. And you know, does and he I, have any interest to join the Jays in the first place? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But to that point, I think he'd have too much fun playing with Vlad. Just saying, you saw uh, them too a few years ago at the home run derby. They were having a riot. Well, and it's funny you would mention that. I, I was, uh, I, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or where it was. I saw a picture, um, some of the off-season pictures of Vladdy, Tatis, uh, all those young uh, Dominican players are all down there right now, all hanging out together. And, and they all live in, in giant houses that are walking distance from each other. And, and they, they go down and, and play baseball with each other. They go up, yeah, and then they go and play baseball with little kids in the in the dirt lot. And I guess they've spent a bunch of money to turn that dirt lot into a real baseball field. And yeah. it's a Led really Guerrero's cool story. Dad, senior, has yes. done a lot of that. Yeah, and so it's it's all those guys. And Acuna's down there right now with them. Um, you know, he was in some of those pictures with uh, with Tatis and Vlad Jr. and and uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe. Maybe Vladdy's putting in a good word for the, the old, uh, for the big <laughs> smoke, for the six. As long so. as he's actually stays injury free, or at least like, because uh, yeah, like it looks like 2019, we hit like what almost 40 home runs in 2019, and then started to go down. He was injury plagued for the last few next few well, seasons, so that would be my short concern. 2020 season. He was pretty yeah. good too, I believe. But that, yeah. yeah, but um, but you're not wrong, Ken. <laughs> so the um, I do have this question for you though, Ken, because uh, you have the Blue Jay perspective here in this argument. How hurt are you losing somebody like Boba Shet in that equation? Yes, you're getting a great player in return, but is that something that's completely irking your fandom? My, my question. You'll definitely irk the fandom because it's almost like uh, Vladdy and Bo seem to be almost kind of like in Springer. They seem to be certain faces of the organization. Like they, you see them as like, you know, the Alex Gonzalez, Sean Green, and Carlos Delgado of, the, of that generation. Yeah. Right. So you see, they have those things. So if we lose him, it would be a bit of a it would be a bit of a punch to it. I think the fans will probably have a hopefully a shorter memory if Acuna can deliver like he did back in 2019. Then I don't think the fans will be that upset about it. But if it's one of those that he is, he's 
on the injured a lot. He's not hit performing as well. Then it'll be more like, we gave up Bo for this guy? Yeah. That's <laughs> going to be my only concern about this thing right here, right? So this is where I bring up me being the awesome host that I am. <laughs> I, uh, I bring you up this uh, wonderful tidbit because I have a Blue Jay history reference. This is the Joe Carter, Roberto Alomar trade all over again if this happens. Yep. yep. You're right. <laughs> You're getting the guys you want. Not that, you know, everybody in Blue Jays land loved Tony Fernandez. Everybody loves Fred McGriff. I if remember that. that, yes. If you're that era for Blue Jays fans, everybody literally was fuming to and going after Pat Gillen. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trading our franchise. And who the f*** is Roberto Alomar? Yeah, yeah. Not. Who is that was Alomar was. person. Yeah. He was a rookie in '88. He has not. He was not the Roberto Alomar that we got to love as Toronto Blue Jays fans at that time when that trade was made. They were getting a guy that was a constant run producer in Joe Carter, a perennial 100 RBI guy, but didn't do a lot other than that. You had a guy that was a top prospect in Roberto Alomar, but nobody had seen it translate. Pat Gillick had the benefit of somehow having the right crystal ball to look at that day when he made that trade and pulled the trigger. Because just to say, Fred McGriff's probably going to be a Hall of Famer this season because he's on the Veterans Committee piece for this year. And the guys that are on there with him, I think, are too many steroid guys. And he's the one clear cut guy they're going to pick. <laughs> Go, Fred McGriff. So, by both Fred McGriff, I need the crime dog in the Hall of Fame. The crime dog. The crime dog. <laughs> crime dog. <laughs> Freddie McGriff. So, um, but to that point, do you guys think there's some gas to that as far as pouring that on the fire and seeing it, it is somebody like Ronald Acuna coming to this team, the catalyst we've talked about over the last few weeks to get this team to the next level and get Dan Schulman to call that World Series victory. Look at how I brought that together. Yeah. <laughs> all goes back to Dan. That's all it does. You know? Yeah. And he, th th this is the hardest thing. And I mean, for them to, I, I always find this interesting when a trade really works is, you know, was it dumb luck? Was it, you know, like in baseball was, is it analytics? Like what do they do to, to sort of, to, to, I, you know, there's no guarantees, but I think some people can, can crystal ball it a little bit. Um, I mean, my concern with something like this is that Bo has been very healthy. Correct. He has missed very little based on injury and, mm -hmm. Bo Bichette will tear his lungs out for the team he's playing for. Correct. You may not see it. You may not see him crack a smile or, or, you know, you know, he's not doing the this stuff and the, this stuff and the whatever. I mean, that's not his thing. He's there to play baseball and, and you know, that's his thing where Acuna, you know, he is a super good team guy. He's a little bit more on the fun scale. Um, but you know, you trade Bo, you got a player who's got a chip on his shoulder the entire rest of his life against you. You're taking away your 12 and under fan base is just getting punched right in the shin. Like, I mean, Acuna has cachet, but not like Bichette. I have kids that are in Little League, and I swear to you, this is a thing. And you guys, you can check this out if you want. You can believe it if you want to. I didn't want to believe it. I believe it now. There is a video of Bo Bichette doing his hair the way that he does it so that it sits in his baseball hat properly and doesn't bother him. I know of at least five or six kids, including my own, 
who've watched this video and now are regularly shampooing with like proper conditioner and doing the like 100. I'm not kidding, guys. Really? One, and and my, my, my sons, I love them to death. They are really not huge Blue Jays fans. They like Vladdy. They like, you know, Springer. And I find this across the board. I mean, this would be a really interesting show topic to do one time based on people who have kids, maybe have some dads on the show. But I find that my kids don't cheer for teams. They cheer for players. So if there's a number of players on said team that they like, they tend to gravitate to them. But, you know, like if I was to go to a, a, a store today, a Lids, you know, shout out, um, and say, hey, guys, you can pick pick your favorite team. They would sit there and stare at the wall for 30 minutes before they were like, um, I really like this White Sox hat. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, who do you like on the White Sox? And they're like, well, I like Tim Anderson and I like this guy. I like this. And you're like, oh, I like a Brayu. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, what about the Marlins? Oh, well, I like this guy and I like this guy. Well, what about the Astros? Well, I don't like any of them. What about, yeah. you know, um, but it's, it, I find it so interesting. Like you brought up the fact that I'm wearing a Padres hat. I'm not wearing a Padres hat because I like the Padres all that much. I like the, this hat a lot because awesome colors. And when I golf, I like to match and I've got like three shirts that match this. So I've been searching <laughs> for it and I'm glad, but that being said, I also do like some of the new Padres and the way that they played play baseball this year. But all I, all's I heard is your kids can do the hair. So you decide a fashion statement. Yeah. Yep. I, and they're really doing this though. And I mean, I promise you if Bichette moves to Atlanta, he is no longer the, the person that he is certainly in Canada and with Canadian baseball kids. I mean, I don't know if he ever has the, the success or personal success or just the cachet that Bo Bichette has right now in Canada for kids and not just Canada because kids are growing their hair out for baseball all over the place. And Bo Bichette is one of those guys that they see as being this sort of long haired galoot that's running around the baseball field and they love it. And it's, yeah. I don't know, understand the draw to it. Like, I mean, I don't remember growing up and watching hockey or baseball and I even seeing somebody with long hair and being like, Ooh, you know, I want to do that. But, you know, and you've had guys, you've had Jake DeGrom and you've had other guys who've had long, you know, um, uh, Baumgartner, or sorry, um, uh, yeah, Baumgartner and other guys who've had long hair. And I don't remember any kind of trend like this. And if you ask the kids that are playing Little League right now, anywhere here, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Ontario, it doesn't matter. It's Bobachet. He's the stir that, 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 that's stirring the straw that stirs the drink right now for these kids. And you trade him from the Jays and the Jays immediately lose 80% of, of the cachet of what those yeah, kids correct. want to see. And my kids will watch it because they want to see Bo Bichette make a play at, at short and they want to see him, you know, rocking the flow and the, yep. the bandanas. They, they love it all. The whole, the whole thing. Yeah, they love it. And if I could do it, I would, but I can't. So that's why I grow facial hair. I right, can't grow exactly. my hair that long. That's why he's got the awesome mustache going this way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all the time stuff. <laughs> so. But Jason, no, I don't disagree with you. It would definitely be a blow to the Blue Jay fandom. And honestly, the best situation for the Toronto Blue Jays, I still think, has Bobochet on this team. Yeah. But maybe there's something there that is mutually beneficial for both teams to still get us somebody like Ronald Acuna Jr. That would be next. But to that point, is there anything either of you two gentlemen would like to add on that topic or anything else we've discussed tonight before we do the typical two claps and a Ric Flair? I no, like I feel like it's time. It's time. I feel like it's time. I I didn't want to stop you, Jason. You were no, on no, a go, no. you were on a roll. You were on a good one there, my friend. Uh, it was a bit of a heater. I'm I'm yeah, not gonna lie to you. I feel feel like I got everything out though. It's all there. It is. There you go.
Okay, so Blue Jays fans, make sure you tune in every week here. We're going to be back every, basically, it sounds like we're going to be here Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So all you Vancouverians, make sure you check us on your live show in your afternoon instead of the evening. We love having you all. So thanks, thank you for joining us. And our obviously, our co-host here, Jason, who is from that side of the country. Ken, our resident, you know, Ontarian. And then me, for some reason, some random jackass New Yorker that just happens to love the Blue Jays. <laughs> now, now, Craig, before we go, I didn't want to bring up the fact that the, the Canucks are currently playing your, I your saw the beloved jam. Buffalo Sabres. I haven't looked at the score. And I mean, you know, not like the Canucks are going to hang on to a lead if they are. It's 3-1 Canucks. Um, oh, my God. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just as bad. Canucks, I'm this is saying. a team that went toe to toe with the. I was at the game here in Buffalo on Saturday where they were playing the Boston Bruins, who is one of the better teams in the NHL yep. right now. And they were at, we went toe to toe with them for ninety percent of that game. They coughed it up in the last two minutes. I so, think the Canucks are just maybe so bad at this point that the the underestimation level is so high. But I mean, oh, we you know, got this. What can yeah? Trade what, the whole team, Jason. Just trade the whole team. Yeah. I wanted, if I could, if you guys don't mind one quick second, I want to send yeah. a big shout out to Marty and all of the people with big league experience. Um, if you guys have kids who are playing baseball at a high level, look up big league experience. The camps are phenomenal. Marty runs in an unbelievable program. M uh, MLB players as coaches. I mean, the stuff for the brain, stuff for the body, stuff for the baseball field. It is so incredible. If anybody wants any information about it, you can reach out to me. You can find me on the on social. Um, it is a phenomenal thing, and it's only getting bigger. We're starting to see it, you know, get out of just BC. It's getting into Alberta. It's getting into Saskatchewan. It's getting into the states. It's it's phenomenal. And these are real baseball players teaching kids how to be real athletes and real men and girls wow. and boys and women. Um, so it's it's super awesome, and thanks, Marty. Thanks all you guys for 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 just being awesome. Good deal. Ken, and I gave Jason his moment to shine. Plug your podcast. Why the hell not? Yeah, okay, yep. You can also <laughs> listen to me on the SME Stories podcast. We talk about everything small business related all over Canada and the United States. Had my first guest actually from Costa Rica, which was very interesting to hear. So listen to me on all your major podcast players. So yeah, bring it home, Craig. And then to that point, obviously, we are the Jaybird Watching Podcast. We are the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of fanside.com. If you weren't watching the little ticker down here at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> so make sure you listen to us each and every week. We're going to be here Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. And we are going to be making sure we're here with you all off season. And don't forget, this is your show, fans. We did see a few people kind of chomp, chomp in this morning, the last few shows on the chat. Please. Submit your questions. We're going to be here live. We are show now. We've been displaying everything all night. That's just exactly how everything will be for when we get your you know messages. We'll put them up on the screen here and we'll chit chat about them. It's that simple. Until then, make sure you listen to us however you get your podcasting pleasures from. And fellas, that's where we end. It. That's where so, it's at. Let's do it. Two, two claps, Rick Flair, and then more free agency next week. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> all right. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! Let's go Blue Jays and Canucks. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at BirdwatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays go.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.